What's up, everybody? This is Big Pep, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Pep Talk. This episode, we got the Nalu Timepieces boys. So these two individuals are best friends, grew up together, uh, then eventually one went to college, the other one got into the restaurant business. But at a young age of 25, they decided to embark in timepieces aka watches that's why their brand is called nalu timepieces and they talk about how just an idea of being able to buy and sell very exclusive luxury watches such as rolexes has now turned as a passion project to part-time to going full-time and they are going to give us stories about the the struggles the best of times, the worst of times, seeing $200,000 watches to losing money. But anyways, I just wanted to give you guys a little heads up. Thanks again for tuning in. And from Juan and myself, we appreciate you guys. And of course, thank you to our sponsor, Persistence Culture. We appreciate you guys. And please enjoy the show. That's the wrong guy. What'd you say? What do you do with your hands? I don't know. Figure it out. I know. I don't want to look. Just kind of hold my junk though. the whole time. That's why I kind of like having this here, so I can hold it. Maybe I'll hold it too. Yeah, we'll share that together. <laughs> you know, it's been recording the whole time. No way. <laughs> oh, and we're back at it, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pep Talk. You got myself, Big Pep. You got my co-host, Mr. Juan Ramirez. Hello. Let's go. Juan, how you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Can't complain. It's a little hot, but, you know, we're living. How you doing? I'm doing well. Can you believe that summer is almost over? I cannot believe it. It's kind of been a lame summer, to be honest. I mean, for me, personally, I haven't done shit. I don't know. I mean... I I went to the beach, like, once. You went to the beach. You also created a fire... Uh, tour, oh, yeah. tour collection. I forgot I did for that. For merch. Give it up to Juan. Yeah, yeah. that's doing well. And also, too, Big Dogs Only. Oh, Big Dogs we Only dropped merch that. too. I guess it hasn't been a lame summer. I just feel enough. like I haven't done enough. I need to do more. You know what you can always do? What? Get in the gym. I always do that. With that being said, everybody, I want to welcome you guys to another episode. And more importantly, our next guest, we have two amazing gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Priest and Mr. Alec Torres. Thanks for having us. Of course. Juan. Yes. Give me the introduction that you've been working on. Um, we got these two very special guests. Some people call them the Rolex boys. Some people call them the timekeepers, the watchmen, <laughs> the what time is it boys. I made all of these names up. <laughs> what like do they it. really do? They're, like actually, they're actually, their company's called Nalu Timepieces. And give us a little bit about your guys' selves. Yeah, so we, uh, we've known each other a long time. We've been uh, going to school together since elementary school. Um, and, and when I went off to college, I went to USC. I, I met some people that were in the, uh, the watch brokering business. Huh. And it really like exposed me. We've always loved watches. And I, we never thought we could afford a Rolex. But uh, right. after kind of getting in that realm of, of seeing these guys that buy and sell watches for other people and, and middleman that, um, we were able to make it a reality for ourselves. And so that's something that we've uh, continued to do. So you guys grew up like, what, what age did you guys meet? Uh, 12 years old. 11, 12 years old. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time. Who was getting the girls first? Uh, is that even a question? Always, always yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, one thing. I've always uh, been into watches. I've had one since I was five. I had a little Buzz Lightyear watch. Oh, sick. Um, okay. 
something I've always been into throughout high school, always had G-Shocks. Um, I always knew it wasn't a matter of if, it was just when like a business would, uh, you know, get into production with, you know, one of my best friends. So I figured, you know, do a high-end uh, luxury watch would be the best thing. Yeah, so, combining our passions with yeah. like. So, so explain that to me as I'm looking you guys up right now, but also too, why didn't you guys pursue selling G-Shocks or selling, I don't know, like any other, why did you guys go for, because both of you guys are wearing Rolexes on your, on your, on your arms, yeah. on your Sorry. wrist. And also too, how old are you guys again? 26. 26. 26. Yep. At 26, yep. I was not wearing Rolexes on my oh, on my God. wrist. So I'm currently not wearing I'm, I'm currently not wearing Rolexes. Well, you, could, you could look at them right now. So it's. Oh, like thank a, you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> yes. So what made you guys pursue like this luxury watches? So basically, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the uh, the watch industry, but it's it's really difficult to just go into a an authorized dealer for any one of these brands and grab yeah. one. Yeah, I'm it's, sure. I'm sure if I was a jewelry store owner i'd be like who are, the, who are these kids just like t- just kind of yeah. like quote unquote stealing stealing yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so they have about a, a one to five year wait list to get any any piece that you want and that's if you can even get one so they they require a buy history with like a, a past so to show that you're a real real seller or real buyer just because when you buy these pieces from the store it's like eight thousand and then you can immediately flip it for like 14, 15,000. Yeah. And so they're worried about people that are just there to make money. And so it's almost impossible to get, get these watches from an authorized dealer unless you've been buying from them for a long time. So we kind of found that niche where there's people that want them that can't get them. And there's people that have them that are selling them. And so we can kind of connect the two together and, and bridge that gap. Explain your guys' first rodeo with this on how you guys first bought your first Rolex or even how'd you even get into that, you know, into a conversation with somebody about buying a Rolex. Yeah. So one of my buddies in college really introduced me to it. Um, he had some established clientele that he had been buying and selling Rolexes for. Um, I had the opportunity to buy, it was a, a Explorer two polar, the, uh, the white dial GMT. He, uh, I, I had an opportunity to buy one from uh, someone that I knew. So I, I got that and I connected the dealer that I knew to the, uh, end user that he knew. And I was able to make some money in there. So you were the middleman. I, I brokered, yeah. So he had the end user, I had the uh, the dealer. We just kind of worked as a as a team on that. And on my my be asking, how much did you buy it for? Then how much did you end up selling it for? Yeah, so we bought it uh, around twelve thousand, and I think we sold it at fourteen thousand. Yeah. So we both made a thousand on our each end. And it literally, it was Solid. just it was just a like yeah, a phone snap call. of the finger. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's so nuts. once we had, once we had established the uh, the proof of concept and that it was there and building up the clientele that that do want these Rolexes, you know, building good relationships too. Yeah. So that's that's when I kind of reached out to um, Alec. We made it like a real thing and we started we started doing and it. And how was that conversation like? Because I mean, it was it was high energy. It was nice because we've always known we could establish something really uh, like great for our career. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known him so long. It's just nothing but like trust, you know, nothing but good things about this guy. So, um, yeah, when we started it, we just knew like we'll handle our own like business. Um, like, I don't know what else you want to say about like, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a, it was exciting because we, we've always talked about starting a business together. We've always wanted to go into business. Um, ever since we were like eighth grade, we were talking about starting a business and doing something we enjoy together. What, What were some, uh, 
<clears throat> business ideas that you guys came up with, up with when you guys were younger. We were looking into fitness, like yeah, protein like the, stuff, just because we were... the popular, you know, yeah. guy thing. We thought it was cool. Yeah, just bouncing ideas. Nothing really came yeah. of it, but we always knew that we wanted to we do something. Both too shy to even take part on that thing yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And so we knew that <laughs> we loved am. fitness. We wanted to go with something that we were passionate about. The idea of watches was so foreign because it was a little kid buying a Rolex is almost mm-hmm. impossible. Yeah. And so we, we were we were exploring ideas that we could we could come up with with whether it was gear, uh, clothing brand, whatever it was. And um, we just always rattled that idea. Every time we saw each other, we even went off to college and I came back. We were joking, talking about starting a business together. Yeah, and that, then that bond never kind of left, even though mm-hmm. we were distant for a while. It never, you know. How far, how long were you guys, uh, I guess, apart? Must have been a couple of years. Yeah, at yes. least two. And then I, I would say it wasn't until COVID happened. We kind of yep. got yep. back together again, you know. Yes, yeah, so I more. actually moved over to Ohio with my with with Johnson and Johnson, so they sent me over there. Okay. And then when COVID broke out, they sent us all back to our our houses to work remote. And so once I was back, um, couldn't go hang out with everybody. But I was like, oh, like my buddy Alec is here. Like we've always we've been we've been talking, and so we kind of just like quarantined and like hung out just together, brainstormed. Yeah. During COVID, was it easier or harder to? F- is the right word flip watches, or what's the right like a uh, professional way of saying it? Yeah, so it's it's really brokering. Uh, so brokering, okay. if if like let's say you wanted a watch and you couldn't go to the authorized dealer and get one, you'd have to find somewhere online to buy it, like eBay, and then yeah. you're trusting the guy that's selling a watch on eBay if it's fake, if it's real. You don't have the expertise to like kind of diagnose if it's real. Whereas uh, we've over the last year, uh, year plus, we've been building up this connection. I've my college buddy that does yeah. this as well. Uh, we have a really, really large group of dealers that are worldwide. So if you have a watch that you want to sell, I could sell your watch to someone else that's looking to looking to buy one for their end user. And if uh, they're looking, to, if I'm looking to buy one, I could just put out a call order for it, and someone will, someone that has it somewhere will find it for me, and it's at the best prices. So if and, you were to go off of us, it's the cheapest anywhere in the world. And 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 my question was during COVID, did that when, is that when you guys like really started pushing? Like selling Rolex is a lot. Yeah, that's when we came up with the idea of like really starting to like put it into practice. Uh-huh. I think the first thing that we did was 2021, and we had already been talking about the idea of it. I'd been playing with it with my friend, the other other buddy that I knew in college, just because it, it's such a, a risky thing to get involved in buying a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar watch that you could lose a lot of money yeah, on. And scary, so scary to start off with. At yeah, first, you there's know? a lot of brainstorming but, and talking before we actually made the first move to do it. You guys, have, like, has it all been? rainbows and sunshines or have you guys had some some troubles like trying to either flip a watch or, or take an excessive amount of money and then not following not following through with it yeah so fortunately we've been really responsible with what we're buying and not over leveraging ourselves and and using what we have in terms nice. of capital uh just because like as you guys know the economy has been down a little bit and watches aren't immune to that they've dipped out a little bit as well not extremely but uh if you were to had a lot of inventory at the time there were people that i know that were taking out loans to buy a ton of watches and those decreased in value yeah, and when yeah. they all decrease in value, you kind of, you, you feel that. Um, so we have had some losses where we lost like maybe a couple hundred dollars where we bought a piece that we thought was going to go up and it didn't, but we've minimized all of those uh, with responsible buying and buying for, for end users versus just like stocking a bunch of unnecessary yeah. watches. Yeah. Cause even the guy, like the time you guys started starting in 2020, that must've been kind of scary. Did you guys have doubts at all about doing it during that time? Yeah. I mean, it was, we've always had like those doubts until we got our, our, our feet in the business and we really got on the ground. So it was more of like a trying to understand and learn a business without losing money to get, get going. And more so, we so were yeah, becoming like the student of the game first. Yep. And mm-hmm. then before really applying anything that would 
might as you know. Yeah, we back. tried to poke as many holes in it as we could prior to going in, so that we could. So I'm assuming you guys started like your business license and got like your LLC and all that before. Got you, all that right. set up, yeah, sales permit, everything like that, mm-hmm. just to avoid any risks. So everything's on the LLC, everything's underneath the, uh, the the business name, and and so keeps us a little bit more safe, keeps us separated from yeah. the uh, the craziness of it. So explain Nalu. Nalu. What what where did the the company name come from? Yeah, do you want me to get this one? You can take this one, and you came up yeah, with the sure. idea. Yeah, so. uh, sure. So we were we were playing with a number number of different ideas. We were trying to figure out what would be different, just because everybody that we know in jewelry, they were talking about like high end this, high end what, that. What were some, what were some uh, some names oh. that were that, that were that were potential? <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Uh, All the ones I named at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. I would uh, secretly text Juan and be like, "Hey, you got any ideas?" Right. <laughs> yeah. We were, um, they all got denied. We were trying to keep it like coastal because we're based in California, sure. something based with the ocean. Because we we've it was it was countless here. meetings we had uh, yeah. up until like the late hours of the night. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's going for it. He's going for it. <laughs> and it wasn't Dude. until Andrew said just the word Nalu because we were just you know trying to describe you know nice <laughs> nice. Was like, yeah. nice he's comfortable with me um <laughs> once andrew just said nalu i'm like you know that that kind of clicks you know that works um and know. then we kind of just voted on it and then our, our two other business partners you know yeah they were like yeah this has a ring to it and then establishing the logo for it and you know there's the name logo and like what we stand by it kind of just all clicked together yeah, and it's it's hawaiian for like waves like ocean and so my family's from hawaii yeah. um they we've been there for a couple generations so i I thought it'd be cool to keep it in that um, that that realm of like coastal, tropical Hawaii. So, so explain the also the uh, the design because I see the blue, which is the wave. And I see the sun, and then that's a is that a, just like a palm tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we we were fortunate. Uh, Drew um, is an awesome graphic designer, and he put together. We were throwing some ideas out of like tropical. We wanted to keep it like a circle to keep it more like time, like a clock, mm-hmm. uh, something that would be easily, easily branded, something that we'd like to wear ourselves, yeah, yeah. something that'd be good for gym, gym also attire. Also good on a, yeah, t-shirt as well, yep. hat. Yep. Um, you know, next steps, trying to branch out to, to new ideas, uh, different kinds of logos mm-hmm. we could expand on. Um, yeah, I think this is the best one overall so far. Yeah, we're really fortunate that we had Drew because he is so talented at like what he does and he was putting out like great options and he was giving his feedback of what he thinks would be best. And so we really leaned on him because we're not like artistically gifted. And not at all. Yeah, hey, so. neither am I. I. I lean on Juan, so <laughs> yeah. it works out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, so, you know, I'm I'm not too much older than you guys, but I am older than you guys. And, and if I was to have a 26-year-old approach me and say, hey, I can buy or I can sell a Rolex respectfully i'd be like get the fuck away from me <laughs> so have you guys had those type of encounters or how does that how does that work where you kind of are invited into that 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 room where you're talking to mm-hmm. you know because rolexes are they're they're time pieces you know yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a staple I, I think i've met several guys and women who whether it's they become a ceo or whether it's a you know they they're their 40th or their 50th like that's a focal it's like hey i've, I've achieved this yep so yep. when a 26 year old who is flipping watches. I mean, yeah, flipping watches. How does how do you guys demand respect? And then also to being able to, when you're at the table, sell them on it. Yeah. So it's it, like you said. If I just was walking up to you on the street, it'd be like off putting. Yeah. You'd think that I was scamming you or something. Uh, we've been fortunate enough that we've been able to like break into the industry slowly but steadily, building up those referrals and those references from people, just because it is so trustworthy based. It's uh, is it kind of like like a little like like fraternity of, of just like individuals? Yeah, so it, it is based like that. Like you meet a bunch of different dealers that you can trust. You'll vet the watches. You do business with them like yeah. frequently, and then you start to 
have confidence in each other and trust each other and that it's all uh all good to go and then once once you're meeting those end users that you're selling the watches to so you'll buy from someone wholesale you'll sell it to an, an end user um it's really like we've been fortunate we've been able to meet people that were looking for rolexes and they've been able to refer themselves just through us kind of like a real estate agent when you're getting started it's there's not a lot of end users that you're yeah. trying to sell houses to and then you slowly start getting your feet wet slowly start understanding the uh the industry and you start meeting those people that are looking for houses they start referring you like this guy was great and and I think because it is such a risk that like you're giving us a lot of money to, to find you a watch that it, it does become more so our age. It becomes more the trust and the, like the respect that we're being given and that we do a good job. Honestly, and at the end of the day, we follow through with it. And then, the, you know, builds credibility with each one. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something we're looking to, you know, stab them in the back for, you know, we've proven that. Uh, I, I figured that after like, it's kind of like after you get like a one bad referral, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah. So it's, it's really important that you're doing a good job to, to upkeep your brand because it's, it's the last thing you'd want to do is like sell someone a fake watch. And that's why we vet the watches that we get. So, yeah. th so thoroughly we have, we take them to our watchmaker that'll go through, dissect the watch, make sure that everything's great uh, before we're putting it in someone else's hands and they're trusting us to do our due, due diligence. And we're going to, we're trusting them that they're like, there's nothing suspicious on their end. So it, it does become a very close relationship. And the people that we've been able to work with that are high value and high, uh, high value individual, like customers that have a lot of net worth, um, those people have, it's been like a two-way street kind of building their relationship. They, they take a while before they buy a watch. You speak to them about like who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, like show that you're knowledgeable about the, the industry and about watches themselves so that you're not. Well, then who are you exactly? Yeah. Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, we've been super passionate about watches and we've been. Sell me. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's more than like, we've been obsessed with them. We've been dissecting. We know all about all the different watches in the industry. We, I prefer Rolexes. I, I, I wear them around, but there's a number of different watches that people like you can get a Panerai that maybe isn't as hot on the market, but we what, can What does you, that mean? Panerai. Uh, Panerai. It's a type of brand. So okay. instead of Rolex, it's, it's a Panerai, gotcha. like a. Vacheron, Constantine, Audemars Piguet. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's, so there's a, there's a ton on the industry, on the, on the market that are all really high wealth that people that are affording them, they're all 10, 15, $20,000 watches. Yeah. But just being knowledgeable about the entirety of the industry and seeing market trends and understanding what's going on with them so that you can give good advice, understanding what's going on. Smart kid. <laughs> yeah. That's why I had no question, no doubts in my mind, you know, to, to go into business. On, exactly. hundred percent. Ever since, you know, middle school, he had the same kind of work ethic. Um, Nothing's really changed with that, you know, throughout the years. Um, so that's why this, like, you know, when we were separated for like a while when he was going to school, you know, and came back, he was just a brighter kid. So appreciate um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And the other thing is the people that are buying a lot of these watches are really high net worth individuals and they're not as fluctuated by the ups and downs. So the, the really expensive pieces that you see, like the Richard Mills, they're, they have hardly gone down at all just because they're $400,000, $500,000 a watch. And if you're buying that as a, a thing to wear, you're not really going to be affected too much by a slight dip in the market. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about... Uh, oh, no. Go ahead. Sean. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you guys think about like other accessories? Like, for instance, like you talk about watches, but also, too, you know, people are big into like their their chains or earrings, stuff like that. Um, would you guys get into other type of jewelry pieces like that? Or you guys want to stick to just the watches? Yeah, I would say down the road, I'd, I'd love to get into jewelry just because it does go hand in hand with kind of the same uh, end user that's buying these watches is uh, someone that's going to be wearing other types of jewelry. Um, I would say I would need to get a little bit more comfortable. I, I like to be in an industry that I am proficient in and I'm like a master of. So that's where I like to stay with with watches that I, I know a lot about. I yeah. can dissect them and, and give you my honest opinion. Whereas if you told me like, hey, should I buy this Cuban? Is it going to go up? I would have no idea. Um, but I do think that um, it it is it is a a hand a market that goes hand in hand. Maybe we'll partner with another yeah. jewelry guy. You know what's funny? I was, I I just thought about it right now. Um, you work in Johnson Johnson. You in the restaurant business. What did your like parents think when you guys were just like, hey, I'm gonna start making money off of Rolexes? Yeah, I mean, my parents were were taken aback. Both um, hesitant at first. Yeah, mine for sure. Yeah, still kind of are because I don't know. They just. They don't like it's unfathomable to them, mm-hmm. you know. They're yeah, not really used to that. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate. My parents have always encouraged entrepreneurship, and they've always been. I've, I've since I was young, I've always been looking for other venues to to start my own business. And I think someday I'd I'd like to go full time and into my own business. Um, so I do think that that helped a lot because they were already kind of ready for for something to come up. Um, and then them knowing my friends personally that are other dealers in the market, and they've been. World wildly yeah. successful with yeah. it, put so. their nerves at ease. Um, yep. yep, on like both sides. From my have parents. you have you guys let your parents know the like amount of money and or like the amount of like how much a piece a piece of like a Rolex is worth? Like you guys are playing with. Yeah, I mean, my parents are yeah. pretty pretty yeah. aware of what it is. I think it's uh, they they're for my mom's first response is like, who would ever want to buy such like a you know, a piece like that. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be surprised. Yeah. There's a ton of people, but yeah. I think, yeah, my parents initially were really fearful just cause like having that kind of expensive sure, piece just risk. around is, yeah. uh, especially with like everybody, the theft that's going on nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so we've taken extra steps with insurance and storage that everything is like locked up and secure. And that, that's also put them at ease, but yeah, I mean the idea of like that high level wealth watch being around is, is, uh, not something that yeah. they're used to. I say on my end, my. yeah, it was it was more doubted at first until they saw like the ball rolling, you know, and they're kind of like, oh, okay, I kind of trust you more now. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing. It's kind of like a subject um, we're both just trying to master and then like remaster it again before we dive into anything else like jewelry or anything um, kind of in the same market idea of Rolexes. Um, but yeah, once we just get the confidence, you know, yeah, and the proof of concept puts yeah. you at ease a lot yeah. more too. Like it's it's really scary when you're buying your first and you're trying to convince them like, hey, this is this is a good investment. It's fifteen thousand dollars for a watch, but but once you make a thousand dollars in a day, they're like, oh wow, that was not even twenty four hours and you've exactly. already profited. So um, that kind of really put them yeah. at ease and, and made it a 100%. lot more easy to sell. What um what what what's been your guys's like holy shit moment like that like you guys really made this sale or you guys really were able to like pull this one off. Yeah, so we were doing 
not smaller because it's 10,000, 20,000 hour watches, but we were doing smaller sales, um, building up relationships with people. Uh, and we had um, one high net worth individual that had a couple of really rare pieces that were one of one, one of five. When, what, do, what do those usually go for? Uh, one of them was in the 200s and the other one was- 200,000? 200,000, yeah. 200, yeah. yeah. And the other Lord. one was uh, high high 100s. Um, and so obviously- $100. Hundred, yeah, hundred, hundred dollars. Hundred thousand. I could yeah, go yeah. easy. Hundred thousand dollars, and uh, so it was. It was like one ninety five, one hundred ninety five thousand dollars. And so, with these type of watches, the authorized dealers like do not want you to resell them because they go for so much more. Gotcha. And so it needed to be under the table, quieted. Who he was, they couldn't even see like the type of watch. So like, getting that out there and being able to like find someone that would buy it without slipping this guy's name out or sure. slipping out what watch it was to ruin his relationship with his guy. Um, was was like the the hardest thing, but we were able to accomplish it. It took a little bit of time, but once we did that, the the margins on it are great. You make make a pretty decent amount of money. And how much did you guys make? Uh, we made about ten thousand on each. That's solid. And how long? And how long did it take for you guys to sell it? Uh, it took Not a, long. Yeah, maybe like two weeks. But yeah. the nice thing was, it wasn't like we we're working forty hours a week. Right. It was um, just identifying people that would be interested That's in it, sick. and then and then making the move. Yeah. Yeah. Ten That's grand. Nuts. Ten grand in pretty much two weeks. No, twenty grand in two 20 weeks. Twenty grand yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, I mean they're beautiful pieces though too. If you take a look at them, it's yeah, like you can see why. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. the structure, the everything yeah. that goes into it. Yeah. It's, but again, someone that's buying that kind of watch, they're they're high, uh, they're prestigious, they're famous. They're, there's sure. going to be a high value client. That's yeah. they yeah. want it, they'll get it. Yeah, they're. So. But with every success story, there's got to be like a bad one. Do you guys have your worst moment? Yeah, I mean, it's it's those ones where you buy the watch that that doesn't go up in value like you think, or you you have a client that yeah. you think would be a good investment. They buy the watch and then it goes down a thousand or two thousand. Gotcha. Um, we've we've never like had anybody buy like a hype piece just because and like a hype piece like the John Mayer. Have you guys heard of that one? It's oh, the no. it's the all gold with the green dial. Everybody knew it because John Mayer was wearing it everywhere and it became gotcha. like super popular. And so people were buying them. They were up to like two hundred thousand where people were buying them and they they're not it's not a two hundred thousand dollar watch. Uh, and now they're how back. Much, down. How much? How much were they like normally? In twenty twenty one, they were probably trading for like seventy five thousand. Okay. Um, and at like retail value, they're even lower than that. And so the people uh-huh. that were selling them after they got it from their authorized dealer were making like a hundred something thousand dollars like overnight. Jeez. Um, yeah. and after the market corrected, those ones that were people realized weren't worth the money, and people were paying all that money for just like a, a brand or a name or mm. whatever it is, um, those ones crashed. So that one is like 90,000 now. So if you'd bought it at the, at the peak, you, you felt that one. So I, I saw that coming. I saw that. But you guys never did. No, no, no. We were, oh, okay. we were in like a bubble that we were looking at. And I was like, there's no way that this watch is worth what people are paying yeah. for it yeah. right now. And it doesn't even make sense. So we were buying watches that we liked and that we thought and had a lot of trust in and, and uh, confidence in. And we were advising people to do the same. Like, uh, the one that he has on the Yacht Master is, is not mass produced. Uh, it's so it's already not limited, but it's it's not going to be affected as much because if people want it, they're going to have to pay the price. So so let's talk about your guys's watches. So yeah. you said that one's called the Yacht Master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so what? Explain it to me, and then also to how much is it worth? Yeah. So if you were to get that like twenty twenty two brand new, it's probably eighteen thousand. Okay. Um, we could probably get it for you for like seventeen thousand. Um, it's forty millimeter platinum bezel, so this is the bezel on it. That gotcha. was platinum. This one's going to be yeah. a Submariner, so it's the Hulk. Um, it's the green on green, so they get like nicknames after gotcha. certain things. So if it was the black on blue, it'd be the. Uh, and how much is that one worth? Uh, this one's a little bit more. This one's discontinued, so it's a lot more rare. Wow. And they discontinued it because it was not as hot of a watch. Just 
it green on green is difficult to wear. Um, and so it, it gained popularity once it was discontinued. People love it now. And yeah. and, so I'm ass- and I'm assuming Rolex is too, just the longer you keep them, the higher, like the more expensive they're going to be. There should be a collector's item. Yeah. You just don't want to beat them up. If you beat them up and then try to resell them, it's got to be like a rare item that someone wants, like discontinued limited edition. And when you mean like by, that. by beat them up, just like scratches here and yeah. there. Yeah. If you yeah. like dent the crystal, mess up the bezel at all, it's just, it, people want like a newer, yeah. newer watch. So just, I mean, you have to remember you're wearing 20,000 plus dollars on your wrist. So you just want to like swing it around and do like Jeez. a car door or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just being highly attentive to what you're doing when you're wearing it. And do you guys, do at. you guys ever see yourselves going from, cause I'm assuming you guys are all do everything like online. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. ever think about like opening up a storefront? Yeah. So that's something we've been debating back and mm. forth just cause the brick and mortar has kind of gone away where people like to shop online, yeah. but there is something to be said about, being able to go in and look at these watches in person and try them on. And, and so that is something that we've played with the idea of is like, where would we put it? Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of break-ins in LA where people are like breaking into these jewelry stores. Oh, and for sure. So that's something else you're risking is like ours is in a bank vault. It's pretty safe. It's insured under that. So it, the only time it's ever out is when it's like being shipped in an armored shipment across the U S to wherever the, uh, the client is. And yeah. so the risk to us is minimal, but if you start opening it up and having like people come into your store and taking a look at things like it does increase that risk. So I think, that would take some figuring out as where we wanted to be located, what the what the risks look like, how much more we'd be paying for insurance. We'd have to stock a lot more inventory, whereas right now we're just connecting and, and buying for people. Um, so that is something I'd like to do in the future because it's a good way to bring in new mm-hmm. clientele, um, but not not at the not at the moment. What um what currency do you guys take? Do you guys take just just obviously like like dollar all that? But I'm talking about like do you guys uh, at one point we were taking crypto or no or. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we avoided crypto just because of the same like volatility that I was talking about earlier where I didn't want to be selling a watch that's worth $10,000 for $10,000 in crypto and then turn around the next day and it's worth 9000 and yeah. actually lost on the watch. Yeah. Um, so we strictly take bank wires or cash if you want to do cash and you want it to be like super secure and do it in person. Um, we'll do that for you as well just for, for clients that are local. Um, or if you want us to fly a watch out, we'll, we'll do that as well if it's of a certain dollar value that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were strictly doing bank wires just for the security of it so that no one can recall it back and, and try to do some kind of like PayPal scam where they're like, like flagging it as like a stolen card or credit card or whatever. Just the bank wire is the most secure way that we found to be effective to get the money in and out. Why go, if Juan and me wanted to buy Rolexes, why go through you guys versus going through anybody else or, or going through the store or finding another one of you guys online? Yeah. So again, it comes back to that trust thing. Number one, with another one of us online, you're buying from someone that you've never met. You're buying from someone that uh, it would be impossible for you to meet and like true, like know that they're not going to scam you. They're going to have their best interests in mind. And so going through someone that you know, someone you can trust, someone that's going to be paying attention to what you want and not trying to just make a quick buck on you. They're going to be maximizing your value out of what you're getting and and really taking the time and, and looking um, and then the other thing versus us versus stores. So we, we sell at wholesale prices. So we're not selling it like a retail price. So if you were to get it from online, it'd be thousands of dollars more. His would probably be 21,000 plus you're paying uh, like all the fees and things that come through the websites. So that's mm-hmm. how they make their money. And so it, it just becomes that next step of we're going to save you three, $4,000 on your watch. Whereas online, you wouldn't have that availability where you're working with someone in particular, you're building that relationship yeah. and they're, they're keeping their eyes out for watches that they think you'd like. What's your guys' favorite watches? Um, the one I got on right now, honestly. Um, the Yacht Master? Yacht Master, yeah. I just like the blue. Um, 
and it, you know, it goes with pretty much everything you wear. So um, that and like the Rolex Sea Dwellers which are really cool too. Yeah, if you look at that one up close, it's like rhodium. It's like a gray dial with uh, like blue hands. So uh-huh. it's like, it looks unique. It pops out. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like the Vacheron Constantine. Um, we have one of those. It's the, the dual time. So it's yeah. a little bit different. Um, I can show you a picture afterwards, okay. but it's, that's definitely my favorite. It, it, I think the, so the Holy Trinity of watches this Patek, Vacheron Constantine, and then Audemars Piguet. Um, and so I really like Vacheron. It's a step up from Rolex. The average Rolex is 10, 20, 50,000 where you can get in Vacheron Constantines. They start at like 30, 40 and they go up to. And you guys have one of those for, on, for sale. Yeah. We have one of those for sale. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you guys have a, do you guys have a large amount of, uh, watches? So we keep consignment pieces. Uh, we're trying not to stock as much. We keep watches that we have in like our personal collection, but yeah. we really don't like where the market is right now. I don't want to hold 50 watches that are going going to be changing sure. day to day uh, just because it makes it difficult to create a price point on that and set margins. And so uh, we'll sell people's watches for them or we'll buy, like if you're looking for a watch in particular, we'll go find you the best prices. We'll get you quotes to see if it's something that you're interested in. And then we'll, we'll let you know complete transparency. like what we're going to be taking out as our fee yeah. upfront. And if that's something that you're cool with, then we'll, we'll push forward. And if you're not, then you can, you can scour and look and see if there's uh, someone that's going to do it cheaper. But we've, what we found is we have like the, the smallest margins. We do it for the best price. Uh, we'll find you the cheapest ones. And uh, we'll we'll authenticate everything for you. Make sure that it's polished up and looks looks brand new for you. This watch is nuts. Is it? It's crazy. We got to put a picture of it on the yeah, he, on the podcast. It's but. actually right here. Uh, Shout out to Federal Peak. Yeah, that thing is actually that beautiful. insane. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's a Vacheron Constantine. That's going to be the skeletonized on Jeez. the uh, the rose gold. That's so yeah. sick. There's a variety of Keller ones. Sounds yeah. tight. Yeah. We're family. Give me a discount. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. Always a discount. <laughs> um, the question is this, man. What do you guys? You guys are both 26, right? Yeah. What do you guys, who, like, what kind of piece of advice would you tell, you know, a 15 to 18 year old who's trying to pursue entrepreneurship? Yeah. I mean, I, I failed a number of different times in entrepreneurship. I'd say never give up. Uh, if you yeah. want to be an entrepreneur, like just know that failure is a part of it. And yeah, I think it's you, gonna you have be, to fail, you know, I yeah. think to eventually, you know, get to where you want to be. You learn more from failure, I think. Yeah, I, I like to look at it as it's like an opportunity to correct the errors that you made in the next yeah. project. And so it's something that I do think more people should look into. A lot of people yeah. like to go into like the nine to five where you're secure. And I, I did that as well, just sure. for a little bit of safety. But I mean, in the long you, run, yeah. it's, it's if you just have something you're really passionate about, like go for it. Exactly. Um, if you have, you know, close people you do it with and you're confident with, then yeah, just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I dig it. Where can everybody reach you guys at? So our Instagram is Nalu underscore timepieces. Um, so DM us on there and, and take a take a look. Or we can be reached by email or, or cell phone. I don't know if we're listing cell phone numbers. Not put your cell phone, but what's your yeah. email? Uh, timepieces at gmail.com. And then we'll make sure that we add that on the link below. Um, Juan, any last comments, questions, concerns? No, sir. Just Gentlemen? Just to get my watch. I know. I was going to ask. I, yeah. I want to get my watch as well. I think they brought some. For us, right? They're just waiting to give to us, <laughs> gentlemen. It was a pleasure having you guys on. Um, Thank you for having us. Very, yeah, very inspiring. This is a whole different world that I'm sure our listeners are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" But yeah. hey, there's a market for this. So Rolexes, Nalu timepieces, Andrew, Alec, Andrew. Appreciate pleasure. you guys. Appreciate it. And thank you guys, everybody, for uh, listening, for watching, and. If you guys haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel and keep supporting us. Thank you to our sponsor, Persistence Culture. We appreciate you guys. And as always, pep talk, and we are out. Bye.